Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oversharing Podcast. Uh, my name is Patrick. I'm Bobby. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is our third Halloween episode. Third. Third, three of four. Yep. The next week is going to be the last one. Is October a five-week month this year? Like, is it like an extra long? I think it depends on which day you start with, okay. maybe. Like, there's uh, like five weekends in this month, I think, instead of... Maybe. Or maybe not. So we'll have okay. So we've had three cost. We've sorry. We've already had like two costume days. Mm-hmm. I am gonna take this off. Um, oh, he's Peter Parker. I'm Peter Parker. He's blonde Peter Parker, <laughs> and I'm uh, and I'm uh, Billy Eilish Spider Man. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we had. I'm the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we had Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and then the we had Squid I, I, Game VIPs, Squid Game or, VIPs, or Eyes Wide Shut, depending on which uh, what generation you're from. Uh, and now we are uh, Spider Man. Um, yeah, Bob didn't have a wig. I wanted him to be. Yeah. Ma- I really wanted him to, him to be Mary Jane. Or Gwen Stacy would make good red hair. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Gwen Stacy's blonde. I thought she. Oh no, Mary Jane's redheaded. Gwen yeah. Stacy's a blonde one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Stone. Yeah, come on. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Love that Emma Stone. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, how you been, Bob? Good. I've been good. Yeah? It's been a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, celebrated a wedding anniversary this week, which cool. was fun. Went to a winery. Okay. Uh, but those are my notes for the next episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> talking really? about Yeah, some funny stuff happened at the winery. Oh, okay. So we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. But it was uh, a good week. It was a very good week. How are you this week? Good. I was going to say, I watched the entire uh, third season of You in one sitting last night. How many episodes was that? Ten. Damn. So just 10 hours of TV. Okay. Which I haven't done in like a, a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Squid Game, I, well, no, Squid Game I actually split into two. So. Um, and is it, is it nine episodes or eight episodes? Squid Game, Squid Game is nine. Okay. Yes. But yeah, You is just so bingeable. Dude, You is one of those shows. No, no this is going to be a spoiler free review. This is, You is one of those shows that like is so. Perfectly contrived and cheesy, <laughs> but in a very forgiving and entertaining way. Yeah, there were so many times that like I literally laughed out loud <laughs> at how fucking stupid and goofy <laughs> something was, but it just didn't bother me at all. Right, like, I understand. It's like, you know, I- I've never been into anything like some you know goofy drama soap, but like. Ah, dude, watching you is—it's just a good time. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I I enjoy it very much, <laughs> and they did a good job. I, I I mentioned this off off mic, but if you've seen the trailer for you season three, uh, it seems like they reveal a lot, but they do a good job of actually not revealing a lot. So, uh, so there's still some stuff to look forward to. Plenty to look forward to, I must say, quite good, very fun. Uh, but what I it inspired me mm-hmm. to want to talk about, um, basically societies and this is we're gonna have to tread lightly talking about the opinion of women <laughs> as to as to heteronormative <laughs> white men but i would say that uh women's fascination with serial killers uh is interesting to yeah me. because i was thinking of the opposite and i was like there's no there's no like um you know, there's no female equivalent. I don't think. Like, I don't I'm trying th- to think. If like, there there's. You know, I, I've never romanticized or thought it was hot. 
that like some woman could kill me mm-hmm. <laughs> or like or might kill me or um you know i mean like maybe it's just because it's not fed to us in the media in any you know any kind of way yeah. or whatever but it's uh it is it is very interesting um yeah it is it's weird because i know like as a uh as a whole, I feel like society has a very, you know, morbid curiosity, yeah. or morbid fascination with yeah, serial like killers. But yeah, like these women that write Ted Bundy when he's in prison and stuff. And yeah, like I love you so much. And yeah, like yeah, it's, it's like, one what? Th- it's one thing to have a fascination like with the story because mm-hmm. we all have like I feel like a like like a morbid curio- a morbid curiosity for things like that. Um, but I actually found this article, um, uh, on a and e tv Oh yeah. Uh written by a lady, so- okay. Sonia. Um Sonia Blade from Mortal Kombat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Why are some women sexually attracted to serial killers? And just with the cliff notes, um one uh basically the desire for a bad boy. <laughs> it was like really offensive. <laughs> it was like really offensive. They like their brains aren't very big. They're just like what? <laughs> She's some self-hating. Yeah, it's just like, what like, the hell? Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> naturally. Because we're not so smart. Because we're not as smart. <laughs> it's like, uh, what the? Okay. The, the not-so-uncommon <laughs> desire for the bad boy, particularly with immature females, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny. I love the idea of, like, immature is the is, Yeah, the is key word here, the operative. The, yeah, t- t- <laughs> for bad boys, which I guess is the case. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, attraction to deviance, which can trigger the brain in the release of neurotrans of the neurotransmitter norepinephrine. Uh, norepinephrine, I think is how norepinephrine. Wow, because there's epi- epinephrine and then norepinephrine, I believe, and yeah. I think there's actually one or two more. Which there. itself increases arousal and attention. In Ooh. other words, the deviance of the relationship can be felt positively. Spicy. So is that like when something's like, "Ooh, we're so naughty. Yeah. Oh man, oh, we're doing it in the library. We're, dumb- <laughs> we're doing it in the library. Yeah, in the library. My dumb little brain can't handle it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wrap my rind around this." <laughs> Because I'm underdeveloped. <laughs> according uh, to the A and E lady. According to the A and E, uh, according to Sonya Blade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feeling she can change him, which is also particularly explains the general desire for bad boys, and or he has simply misunderstood, had an unfortunate childhood, or lacks sufficient self control. I have seen. I feel like in the Midwest, especially, that's very prevalent. At least, it, not. I can't say the Midwest because I've only lived in the West Coast, but right. I know a lot of women, grown and in our age group, that like were with men that had one time or another mentioned being like, but yeah, but like, I want to be the one that sort of settles them down. I want to be the one that like sort of calms them down and like takes, you know, gets the wild out of them. Dude, uh, that is so immature. But here's the thing. But that, that goes both ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, that, that definitely goes both ways. Cause like, I definitely feel like, frankly, I've been like flypaper for a lot of, of the, Fixer upper types. You're a bad boy, um, though. You're a bad boy. Yeah, but sh- if you're I'm a bad, boy. I will. No, first of all, no, I'm not. <laughs> but if I was, I wouldn't. I attract a well-to-do. Yeah, maybe. I see you know what, what I mean. So, oh, you're okay. I see. I all right. Yeah, I get yeah. Where you're coming from. Um, yeah, my my track record is, is because you used to date Tanya Harding, right? Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is probably that's. That seemed like a very tumultuous relationship. It was I toxic. Like, I feel like we're far enough past that we can talk about well, it. Well, I mean, I you know I was a big contributor to that. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, that's that's wild. I'm I'm just glad that you got out when you did. Yeah. 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 Uh, she, she when she first you know pitched her idea to me, 
thankfully, I said no and yeah. removed myself from the situation mm-hmm. entirely. And then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, sort of fucked up that they didn't talk about you at yeah, all they in that movie, over, too. They, yeah, they, they brushed kinda, over, yeah, they kind of brushed right. They just skipped you. They, they, they breezed right past that. Um, because but, you were stable, you know? It's like, well, not, that's not salacious. The director a, said no one's going to believe that you could ever get with Margot Robbie. So that's why they yeah. were like, we're just going to skip over that. That director's such a dick. Uh, feeling, ch- okay, no, f- oh, fame. Oh, that's the other thing. Okay, so, so like was, notoriety. Yeah, no, yeah. notoriety okay. is just kind of like a ooh. Um, although that wouldn't that wouldn't trans that wouldn't go for like Joe Goldberg from you though, because he's not very rich. He's not he's not famous. He works in a bookstore. Yeah, he's not rich or famous. So, and this is actually strictly, I guess, for the the parasocial aspect of people mm-hmm. actually watching the show. Um, mental instability. No <laughs> notes for that one. <laughs> it just that just, says that just lists it there. <laughs> Uh, it just says mental instability. Parentheses, so. women. No. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, it's like, oh, I actually, that's a good question. I didn't think of it that way. I thought when it lists that, it was talking about that they were attracted to the mental, the mental instability yeah. of the guy. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that she's insinuating that a woman is mentally instable yeah. and therefore is attractive. Anyway, uh, feeling of being special and that he chose her of all the women seeking him. But like, okay, to be murdered, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I guess you know, yeah, maybe the idea that you wouldn't be murdered. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, an evolutionary psychologist would say that the male's aggression is an attractive quality to women as a means of survival against attackers. I could see that. That one, one probably makes the most sense yeah, to me. That, that one, one makes sense. That one because it's just basically like, ooh, I'm attracted to a guy who, if the chips were down, would yeah. fucking murder. He'll get the job. Yeah, done. he'll kill. He would kill to defend our family. And he'll have sex with that dead body if he has to. Yeah, he will. He'll eat them. <laughs> he'll eat their face. Yeah, he'll. Eat <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want my kids to. He'll have finish that. the job. <laughs> there'll be there'll be nothing for the police to find. He'll stalk somebody for two weeks before he he'll ingest it off. Um, yes. Uh, oh, there we go. That's my partner. Oh, my headphones just clicked in. Very loud. Oh, nice. There we go. It's not to say I was like, I couldn't really hear myself that well. But anyway, um, the novelty of it and attention getter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Novelty. Sure. Uh, potentially financial in terms of selling the story of the killer's memorabilia. Oh, yeah. Though likely infrequent as an explanation. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh. That's a very specific one. Yeah. That's interesting that that made the list. <laughs> That'd be like this a... one person out there who was like the nerd woman who's, who's like tried I it could, with everybody. I could I could sell the I could sell the collectibles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> This is Ed Gein's hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fascination with wanting to understand darkness mm. with these men often posing mm. as something of a mystery and enig- and with something of a mystery and enigmatic enigmatic at the same time photos of them in the courtroom and in prison often don't show them to be frightening mm-hmm. the first line of that sounds like it would be an early 2000s pop punk lyric fascination I'm with fascinated with wanting to understand the darkness <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, but yeah, uh, what's d- this guy's name that they're sh- he's got the pentagram on his hand, right? Uh, Ramirez or something like that. Uh, yes, yeah, Richard, Richard Ramirez. Ramirez, aka the Night Stalker. Yeah, the Night Stalker. Oh, yeah, he's a big LA one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really, uh, um, yeah, when, when we were, uh, 
just a quick aside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a corny joke. Yeah. I was, uh, when Shanti and I visited Catalina Island last year, mm-hmm. we did this haunted Catalina tour. Okay. And it was really neat, but the guy told the story about like the local grocery store and how there was a ghost there that would like mess with the shelves. And he goes, so while you guys had a night stalker of your own, we had a night stalker here on the island. Oh my Meaning like a guy stocking shelves. And I was the only one. La- I was cackling like a fucking idiot because it was such a bad joke. But it, he did it in such earnest like presentation. It was so fucking funny. A night stalker. We had a night stalker of our own. Oh <laughs> it's like really funny. He was the sweetest, God. coolest guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had a night stalker on the mainland and we had a night stalker of our own. I have to admit that went over my head for like <laughs> two seconds. Maybe not yeah, because I I was the only one laughing at that. Oh I felt like everybody else God. went everybody else groaned. They went, Oh <laughs> <laughs> The groaners are the best sometimes. <laughs> um but yeah. Yeah, the, the the article goes on with just a bunch of different different questions. So uh, oh, here we are. Are there any traits of women who have been romantically involved with serial killers? Many of them had been previously sexually and or physically abused. Mm-hmm. These victimizations are correlated with low self-esteem, leaving the women to seek out abusers believing or having been told by previous abusers that they deserve the abuse. Ugh, yeah. Which is... That tracks. Yeah, that's sad and fucked up. Um, yeah, it's just so weird. Especially weird to me. Like, the And then one- this last one here. Does it have anything to do with this... Uh, smaller size of brain for women, <laughs> and Sonia says yeah. absolutely. There's like a whole five paragraphs here. Jesus, Sonia. Um, <laughs> uh, no, J.K. Ha 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 ha. But yeah, <laughs> so yeah, and one, you know, one of the other classic things which I I do think is funny is that just like you know, if <laughs> it, it it is it is like a it is like a um. What do you call it? Sort of like the double standard mm-hmm. where, where they say, like, when they're attractive, it's hot. Oh, you can get away with it. Yeah. yeah. But, like, if they were ugly, it's creepy. Like, Edward Cullen would be in jail. You know what I mean? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, like, you can <laughs> never you can never make a movie about ugly, to- like, an ugly Edward Cullen or, like, an yeah. ugly Joe Goldberg and you. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, ju- I do feel like it would be super duper funny for a show to get completely made and go to air. And just the main character is Joe Goldberg, but like really, you know, big and disgusting. Yeah. Just like, just like abhorrent in all Louis ways. Louis Anderson plays yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Anderson serial He's killer. Like, ah. It's like, ah. come get a book from me. I'd do anything for you. <laughs> Hello, you. Hi, you. Um, but you yeah. don't even know it yet, but I, you've, I've caught you in my web. Have I? I don't want to burn it here. Never mind. I have a funny sketch that I want to do that's you, and it's 20 seconds long. Okay. Well, but I'm going to just do it. Just go make it. Yeah, I'm just going to make it. I'm not going to pitch it here. We're, okay. All right. Sounds it's good. good. It'll right. be funny. Um, yeah. I. Uh, you have to make it now. I do. I've said it here, so I'll make it. Mm-hmm. It'll be on my TikTok. Yep. Uh, it's weird. Like Stephen Avery from um, Making a Murderer. Yes. Like he. I. Th- if I remember correctly, the woman that he is married to now is somebody who started writing to him while he was in prison after this crime. Interesting. I never watched the second season of that. Uh, it was like a big wet fart, I feel like. Really? Yeah, just introduced like the lawyer uh, um, that she's like a she's got a lot of cases overturned before. Uh-huh. And it was mostly just about her and then some of the evidence that she found and the tests that they did Yeah. that were like against what, you know, the prosecution had originally found right. um, in the case. But 
I think that they did it on the back of thinking that Brendan Avery was going to get another appeal trial, mm-hmm. and basically Minnesota was like, no, <laughs> you're not yeah. getting it. So it was like that whole season kind of fell flat because they built up to this like, yeah, and Brendan could get another chance here kind of thing, yeah, and then it just never happened. Yeah, it's interesting. A, a lot of different people fall in like two different boats for that. Yeah, like I know plenty of people who are like, oh, he 100 percent did it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I the first season, the first time I watched the first season, I was in the boat of he didn't do it. Uh-huh. Now I'm more of the volition that he did it. However, on technicalities and the way it was handled legally, mm-hmm. like he shouldn't be in jail right now, or they at least should have like called a mistrial and didn't it again or something like that, because oh, there okay. was so much wrong with the like, trial that was happening. Got it. Mm-hmm. So they okay. So it's like he did do it. The police were like, we know he did it. So we need to essentially like like ensure it happens. Ins- yeah, for sure. Because like the biggest thing was that the uh, I think it's called Manitowoc County is where it was at. Uh-huh. But Stephen Avery already had like a history with the police department there. They didn't yeah. like him, and he had already been arrested and tried right. for a that, crime that he wasn't I, guilty of. Before. I I do remember that. So there was supposed to be a neighboring county that was going to investigate everything and yeah. like look for evidence of the crime scene and stuff like that. Right. And then the Manitowoc County police who already had this out against Stephen started showing up at the crime scene and doing stuff. So like that alone to me is like leaves enough shadow of a doubt that like they should have started the trial over or something just to for sure because they could have planted evidence and done all kinds of stuff. They yeah. found like a lot of stuff like yeah we found these keys that nobody else could find for days and like all of a sudden we found them and they were you know they yeah. just happened to be right under this nightstand. Yeah, and then yeah there was the one where it's like the blood found was like taken from the vial or something like that. Yeah, they thought it was taken from a vial or something like that. That one I keep hearing debates on though because hang on keep talking. I'll yeah, be right back. apparently it should have a hole at the top of it. Blood vials, folks, are little glass tubes that you put blood in. Um, sometimes willingly and sometimes not. Sometimes the you just people take your blood and you don't want them to. And so in this instance, uh, there was a blood vial that was found in an evidence locker that had a hole poked in the top of it. But I've also read that that's how those blood vials work with the rubber caps. Uh, they have a little tube that goes into that hole in order to fill the vial in the first place. So they kind of present it as this sort of gotcha evidence that Stephen Avery's stuff was tampered with in the show, but it actually might be that that was normal and okay. I do think that there was some evidence where, like, the evidence tape was broken, though, like the seals were broken on it and stuff like that, and there was no chain of custody list for some of the stuff. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Can you start over from the vials? Yeah, so blood vials. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, blood goes in them. So uh, I think he did it is basically, I think, what we saw. Yeah, I think he did. All right. I think he did it. Uh, this is a read that I just thought would be like a conversation starter. Cool. Um, and these headphones. Sheesh. Are they shorten out? Yeah, but it's... Well, who cares? Who use fuck. that Patreon money to buy some fuck. new some fuck. new cans. We're going to have to get some new cans here soon. Um, Cans. Yeah, that's what people call like headphones. Cans? Like, bi- like big cans on your head. And they also call tits that too. <laughs> that, I, that I was aware of. Yeah. All right. Has anyone ever met someone who instantly gave them a cold, evil feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting with one. I have. I used to deliver food parcels to struggling families and churches with my mother and father from our car. We would drive to their houses and drop off their parcels. Dude, you know, <laughs> parcel? Parcel's a great word. Parcel is a word that I have literally one single association with. Okay. And is it, it Pokemon? is. Yes! <laughs> 
It's literally because you had to deliver Oak's, Oak's parcel. parcel. Yeah. And I remember being like, parcel? <laughs> Who uses the word parcel? And I literally like have never heard parcel ever. Like other than like a, a, a delivering the parcel to Professor Oak from the fucking shop. We're from the first Mart. Oh my God. You mean your package? No, I mean my parcel boy. That's so funny. Okay. Uh, one day I got a text from my uni mate who asked for one. So of course we had to go this time. It was just me and my dad who went, we got to the house and met my friend who came outside. And once she saw our uh, outside, once she saw our car, we greeted her and just chatted away. Then out from the house, her auntie had come to greet us. My friend introduced her aunt. I'm just going to say aunt. I'm not calling her auntie. My friend introduced her aunt to us, and her aunt extended her hand so she could thank us for the delivery. She shook my dad's hand first and thanked him. Mind you, she had a beautiful and warm smile and looked like a nice lady. But the second I touched her hand, I felt a surge of fear, almost paralyzing. You know that moment when you have adrenaline running through your body, uh, alerting you to run from an enemy? That's what I felt immediately. I stood there for a couple of seconds trying to process this feeling and then yanked my hand away. She looked at me uh, and I stared back. Not sure what was happening. Not sure what was happening. My dad then said we were going to be on our way. <laughs> These fucking writing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but I felt like I had met the most vile, evil, and cruelest person just by touch. To this day, I still think about her and whether or not what I felt was real. That's pretty weird. You ever had that feeling before? Uh, yes. Yeah. I can remember being like a kid. I was actually just talking to my sister about this the other day. I can remember being a kid, and like there were certain folks that I hung out with. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to tactfully say this stuff. Because there's because it's, it's, it's racially <laughs> well, charged. No, there's there's it's like it's classes. There's a lot of people in Missouri that live in trailer parks. Sure. And at least in my anecdotal experience was a lot of the kids in the trailer parks weren't very nice. Okay. And they probably had shitty lives and there were things happening to them. Like, mm-hmm. but the low income folks that I had encountered in trailer parks were usually very mean and picked on me and like were shitty. Yeah. But there were like a group of older kids in a particular trailer park of a friend of mine from fifth grade mm-hmm. that like. Just like as an adult now, thinking of like Kiefer Sutherland and his shithead friends and like Stand by Me. Okay, that's like what they reminded me of. Like that they were just these weird, like didn't see people as humans and like were you know yeah. Pretty sure they tortured animals and weird shit too. Dude, like they I'll- did like some fucked up stuff. And I remember being a little kid, just being like scared of them before I even knew who they were. Like the first time I saw them, just being like, "There's like I'm getting a weird vibe from these people, Dude, and it's gross." It's like in the eyes with people like that. Yeah, there's like a there's almost like a glazed over, like weird type of shiftiness like to their yeah. eyes. Like I don't know. It's just like anybody that I've ever met. Spe- I feel like you see it more as a kid. Like there's almost like a kid's intuition sometimes. Yeah, like that you can kind of see that stuff. And it's but it was just like you know there's. There's almost like a, I don't know. It's like a we. You can like sense that lack of empathy in people mm-hmm. sometimes. It's very well, the, and ugh. I think there is like a look. Like I've uh, also talked to my sister about this before, but like it, you know, there's not a lot of bullies that don't look like a bully almost or whatever. It's like sure. everyone that kind of like a dick has sort of like a dickish look. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's like I'm usually if you put a bunch of people in front of me. I might be able to pick out like who the bully or like who the meanest person is if sure. there was like a way to you know yeah. rate that on a on a yeah. scale like quantifiably. Or the fucking nerd, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bash them, bash them all. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, oof. 
Yeah, and especially as a kid, too, because you're just like, I, I just remember. And I'm not saying everybody in a trailer park is like this. I'm just saying this particular group of kids in that trailer park were like this. And they were, yeah, they just were freaking weird. I had kids on my street, too, though, that did weird stuff. Actually, I remember, okay, so one year, uh, one year we had, like, have you ever seen a rabbit's nest that, like, digs a little hole? It's like a bowl, basically. I don't think and so. And then it, you know, poops its kids out into the little hole. <laughs> so <laughs> this rabbit did that. And I guess ran off and died. So we had all these like rabbit babies in our backyard when I was a little kid, like okay. right under my deck. Mm-hmm. And so I like I found it with some friends. And then I guess like some friends told some of the older kids, and my parents were gonna call animal control to like come get the rabbits. Mm-hmm. And my dad went down to check, and the rabbits were gone. And it turned out some of the older kids had taken all the rabbits and were like throwing them into thorn bushes and shit. Oh my god! Like in the woods, like Jeez. just like really fucked up. Weird kids are weird, dude. Oh like, my god, dude! Like they had to be in their early teens, like maybe twelve, thirteen, like preteen era kind of. Yeah. And I think I was like seven, six or seven. God. But like, yeah, they were like doing really weird shit like that, and it just and those are the kids also that like gave me a very uncomfortable, weird feeling just god. before I even knew who they were. Ugh. I can't believe you guys <laughs> told on those kids. Yeah. <laughs> How could you rat them out? Yeah. How could you snitch like uh, that? Why would you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> they were doing what nature was already trying to do. <laughs> Sounds ra- like they were finishing the job. The rabbits were not going to live. Sounds like they would have starved to death. <laughs> and the thorn bush was the lesser of two evils. But yeah, so they got most of the rabbits back and animal control took them. And I got, they, you know. I think they they're living long. Ha- I don't know how long rabbits live. They're probably dead by now. But sure. But yeah, I just remember that was like that freaked me out when I found out that that was what was happening. Yeah, that's uh, that's fucking weird. Ugh. And that's like I feel like that's such a Stephen King esque thing too. Like I mentioned, Stand by Me. Yeah. But a lot of his books really capture like the weird uh, evilness of children. Yeah, well, like the very the very polar sort of like you're either really good or you're really bad. Um, sure. There's not like a lot in between. There's not a lot of nuance when you're a kid. It's like you're just yeah. either a total piece of shit or you're no, like, he you're does. Pretty, you're pretty okay. He does capture that pretty well because it is it's it, it is like you know especially like an it where it's like part of the theme of it is like the fact that like the the how sort of negligent the parents are. Yeah. And how like just completely unaware they are of like the the world that the children are living yeah. and what they're dealing with, and that that is that is very true to life. I would say, yeah, you know I, what agree. I mean, like that's very that is a hundred percent how it is. Like it, it it can feel very isolating and lonely to be like a child, you know, and just not fully understand like how to articulate like feelings or mm-hmm. like. You know the sort of senses that I guess you have, like with other people, or your urges to you know do things or whatever. Like it's like yeah, to like hurt animals. Yeah, like hurt animals in a yeah, thorn bush or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Because you're not. I guess as a kid, you're not like calloused to the world like the way that you are as you get older. Like, right. It's yeah. All, you're still very raw. Everything's still very raw, and like right. the first time you're experiencing things, and yeah, like, it's just yeah. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't articulate the senses, but like you are aware of them. So it's like. That you know, it's it's. A, I feel like that's it's a weird, conflicting, just state of mind yeah. to just perpetually live in. Um, ugh. Yeah, that that's. It's funny because you know, there's part of me 
you know, you get nostalgic about things like, oh man, things were so much easier when I could just, when I just woke up on a Saturday and I just played my Game Boy all day. Yeah. Like, didn't even like remotely think about anything besides like, oh, I got to go to school on Monday. Sure. I'm going to ride my bike for six hours and who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like doing some, doing homework was literally the extent of my responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) No bills, no nothing. And I think about, you know, you, we kind of glorify that, but like, you know, some of the stuff that we're actually touching on now is like making me think of the stuff where I'm like, ugh. Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I, like, <laughs> I think that's why people say like, oh, if I knew what I know now and could go back, it would be better. Because yeah, there is like being a kid is scary. There, I mean, there's like a lot of just d- discomfort and like weird, shitty emotion that you deal yeah. with all the time. Partially just because you, again, like you're not hardened against the world and you're ignorant. You have no idea what like I don't know. You just you're you're not. You don't know what to expect. You don't know what you don't know, and everything is yeah. so new, and you're experiencing everything the first time, and it's like it's terrifying. Like I, I remember being a kid, just sort of like just freaked out by you know life sometimes. Just well, being you, like, Holy you hell. used to cry and shit your pants all the time. Yeah, I so did. That's that's <laughs> yeah. I still do that. Yeah, <laughs> I never stopped doing. I that. never stop. I do it on purpose. Now yeah, um, for attention. But ugh. anyway, um, yeah, it's time to go to the break, though. Yeah, let's go to the break. So good time. Stop for the break. Um, we'll be right back in just a minute. Hey guys, welcome to the break segment of the podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening as always. Just want to tell you a a couple things about the podcast before we get right back into it. That's true. Um, Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, in case you're not subscribed, uh, we do want to just remind you that we have an extra 30 minutes of content that go out every week with each episode on our Patreon at patreon.com slash oversharing pod. Uh, we got a couple tiers there, uh, and any tier you so- sign up for, you can always get a couple of Oversharing Ooh, Podcast stickers whoa. that come to you, uh, so that you can uh, give one for, have one for you, one for a friend, yep. uh, put them wherever you like, um, and then for five dollars and up, you get the premium episodes that come out after dark. The after dark episodes. <laughs> The After Dark episodes. No little boys. <laughs> premium content. Um, and then you can also uh, subscribe for ten dollars and up, uh, and just basically get access to all the legacy episodes that yep. we uh, are working on putting up. Are working on putting up. We're gonna actually start probably releasing those on a weekly basis starting soon. Yep. Um, and yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications for all alerts. It's only gonna ping you once a week for the new episodes. Um and make sure to rate and review on any podcast app that you might be listening to for audio format. Yep. Um, it helps out a lot. Helps honestly. a lot. It helps us grow. Helps, uh, us, helps a lot. us get more listeners. Uh, thanks to anyone who is a patron currently. And uh, there was one more point I wanted to make that I'm gonna just keep talking through until I remember it. It's gonna come to me at some point. I feel like if uh, you want to reach out, uh, you can reach out at contact. contact. Course, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, contact at oversharingpod.com. Okay. All right. See you guys. Back Bye. to the show. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our new segment called Fisherman's Corner. Mm. Uh, it's anything we're going to try out now about uh, professional fishing. Oh. Um, well, this is news to me. Yes. But I'm on board. Cool. Uh, I'm yes-anding thank this you. podcast shift. Now, i got to be honest about this new segment. I did zero research. Okay, so, got it. Uh, but I do know that fishing is a thing people do. Well, that's part of that's part of the you know <laughs> that's part of the joy of podcasting <laughs> yeah. is going along that journey. Sure. With with the viewer, the viewers, the listeners, Oof. yeah, and the hosts. <laughs> we're all we're all figuring it out yeah. together. <laughs> uh, we're all doing it. So, well, wait. If, I, if you guys know anything about fishing, 
let us know. I love that premise of a podcast. <laughs> uh, someone starting a podcast. Like, it's like, that's the total absolute reverse of like what people would even recommend you do. Yeah. People are like, if you want to start a podcast, ma- make sure you're an expert in the thing that you talk yeah. about. <laughs> and it's just like complete opposite. Starting to be like, oh, I'm going to make a fishing podcast. Yeah. But I don't know. Does anyone out there? Anything about fishing. Can anyone let me know about <laughs> how to fish? What kind of like what kind what's the difference between different lures? <laughs> like, welcome back to Fisherman's Corner. Uh, nobody wrote in last week, so I'm still my internet in the is dark. still out, <laughs> and I do not have any data on my cell phone. Uh, fish, I still have 55 minutes to fill here. So, um, well, f- catfish. That's a type of fish. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a type of fish that people and I. I bought salmon at a grocery store one time, and I I guess those are caught. This is it's for a niche audience that I don't even know because it's not even like you can't you can't even say that people who want to learn how to fish are going to listen to the podcast yeah. because they're not going to learn anything. Mm-hmm. And then, people but they'll learn along with him, maybe potentially. <laughs> and then, and then give him potentially, yeah. I think it would it, 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 like the podcast reviews would be like a triumphant journey of the learning, yeah. learning the ins and outs of fishing. It's something that would so very much need to be like a vlog, yeah, or like a social media account. Yeah, exactly. Not a pre-recorded, not, podcast. not a not a podcast. Like you'd have to interview people to learn more about fishing, but it's just him in front of the <laughs> microphone every single it's like, time. Yeah, it's like audio diaries about yeah. his journey in learning how to fish. <laughs> My. Uh, the website I host the episodes on said uh, I have one listener now, um, <laughs> but still. And I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. What do you know about fishing? <laughs> uh, can you help me out? Is there anything you can tell me about fishing? Ooh, that actually could give me an idea. What if it was like, it was literally a podcast, but it was someone just like trapped in a room somewhere okay. <laughs> and like their only connection with the outside world was to like those their podcast so they could get out and then yeah. and then and they could they could access like their email address ted bundy lets them he's like ted bundy or somebody has like a prisoner in their basement yeah. but they're like but you know like, you, you'll have sex with me whenever i want yeah and you'll be my house slave but you can make a podcast. Yeah, you put can, it out i you. have all this podcast <laughs> equipment here so if you wanted to produce this Just feel I will publish it for you, and you can have one email address. The kidnapper's whole thing is that he doesn't know how to make a podcast, so it's all just been a ruse to get someone to help him figure out how to make a podcast so he can make it. He's like, he's like, you're trapped here. Yeah, but here's all this equipment, and if you figure out how to use it, I mean, then I won't, I won't stop you. Then let me know, I guess, and I'll, I'll, I'll figure out how to publish it if I, because if I have the MP3s, I yeah. can do that. <laughs> But I don't know all these buttons and knobs, <laughs> so you're gonna have to do that, and or no supper. Yeah, and then I'll and if you get emails, I will. He prints them out. Yeah, he prints out the emails and gives them to the prisoner, you. so he can read them off of printed pr- printed paper. So as he gets emails, he's not even accessing his email; yeah. he's reading the emails printed out by Ted Bundy. That's uh, I mean, really, guys, if you think about it. That's just what a producer does anyway in po- the world of podcasting. True. When I we mean, get big enough where we have like a big producer, we're going to make him. Print. We're really just prisoners in a basement making a thing for somebody <laughs> that doesn't know how to make it themselves. I thought you were going to say we're going to make him print the emails <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we'll make him print the emails yeah. out too. Be like, no, no, no. We're, this is a laptop, iPad free <laughs> podcast now. 
John, you knew this. You knew this coming in. It was in the job description. You need to print the emails for the week. <laughs> what did I, it, what I think tonight's night I'm going to kill you. What an infuriating thing. <laughs> just like as a podcast producer, you'd be like, they insist I print them out. Yeah. <laughs> they can't just look at their laptop right in front of them. I have to print the print emails it out. every it out week. Paper. And there's nothing that infuriates them more is when the <laughs> emails aren't printed. I'm going to kill and eat you. Unless you did you figure out anything about the mixing board or oh you did oh this okay is, <laughs> this is another this is another cast this is another cast member of the Halloween the ho- of like the Halloween killer themed we've got we've got we've got pedophile jigsaw yeah who shameful pedophile jigsaw and then now we have we have we have wood like wood aspiring podcast producer yeah, Ted well, Bundy. <laughs> So Ted I'm gonna eat your face off. But oh, you got the mics work? Oh, okay, cool. Okay, yeah, okay, okay cool. good. Well, maybe not tonight. Yeah, then tonight's not tonight. But I swear to God. Yeah. And you figured out how to record at the digital media yet? Well, you hopefully you do tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you know how to put that on the thumb drive <laughs> so that I can put it on Anchor.fm. <laughs> Three emails this week. Read them. <laughs> He's friends with like the jigsaw guy. Yeah. And he like calls him. He's like, like Did he figure out how to use your mixing board yet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he got he actually figured that out. Oh, oh that's awesome. awesome. I can't wait to start listening to your podcast. How, how close are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty close, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which one is it? It's the button. Yeah, he's just like And, and then, then if you ever need, need any, you know, like little boy guests <laughs> on the podcast. Like, no, I don't need I, yeah. we don't need Oh, I mean me neither. I don't need him either. I I don't want it, but I was just saying if you did you know, maybe we could arrange that. And be like, no, stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting it out. I got a little boy guy. guy. Yeah, I got a little boy guy if you need him. So just let me know. <laughs> Are you insinuating? Is there something you want to say? Hey, me? No, no, not. No, I mean, you should see the sick fucks I put in a room, though. I tell them, don't look at the little boy, and they they just keep asking and asking. Yeah, most of them die before the game is over because they just spend the whole time trying to figure out why there's a little boy in the room. And I explicitly say, don't look at the boy, don't ask about the boy. But they're just obsessed. They're sick with it. They're sick with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, uh, good talking to you. Uh, (laughs) I'll call you later. Closeted pedophile jigsaw. That's that's the character. That's it. That's the character. He like he won't he won't he won't cop to it. Yeah, he can't own up. He's he, too embarrassed. He, he won't cop to it, and he won't act on it either. But he always sets it up so that there's a slight possibility that maybe his prisoners will do something so that he can live vicariously. Yeah, through them. Yeah, like he's kidnapping's fine, right? And murder, like killing people when they don't win the game, that's fine. But he's but he draws the line. Yes, he, he has this inner conflict that he's just like, I know I shouldn't be. I can't. <laughs> oh, God. oh, it's so funny. Don't even look at it's the so boy. It's so stupid. It is stupid. I love it. God. Oh. Podcaster Ted Bundy. There was something I was going to ask you. Oh, did you see the interview with the the actor that plays uh the guy in you? I don't remember his name. Um Penn Badgley? Yeah, where he's like talking about fan mail that he gets and he's like ladies this <laughs> this guy's a psycho he's like he's not because there's all these memes that are like i wish that you know he would look at me like uh you know the name of the character from you does and yeah so like there was a i don't remember what show it was on but there's a segment where he was like reacting to these memes and he basically yeah. like looks right in the camera and goes ladies yeah 
this guy's a psycho. He goes, he's not a nice dude. Yeah. He goes, this is not who you should be looking for in a partner. Yeah. And he was like really just grossed out by it. I think there's a there's a billboard in Los Angeles for Netflix, and it says like, Penn Badgley is hot, Joe Goldberg is not. <laughs> That's was, great. Yeah, and I was like, That's good. That sums it up. That sums it up pretty well. There was another interview he did where it was like the interviewer was like, What so what's the show about? And he goes, You is a show about how much we as the audience are gonna gonna let like are gonna be lenient to this evil white man. <laughs> 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 he's like it's a social experiment to see how much we can let yeah and ev- how much we would let an evil white man get away with yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> that, was, that was perfect <laughs> and it was just like oh shit yeah, yeah. kinda <laughs> uh, ladies bagels ladies ladies this guy is not a good guy that is so funny he's a psycho yeah it's funny too because uh and uh, the woman who plays Love, mm-hmm. I, um, I saw her in an interview, and she was, like, not excited or happy about it. N- not not with anything with Penn Badgley, but she was talking about, you know, she gets fan mail, like, you know, because of the characters that she's played. Yeah, I can only imagine what she gets. Well, and, like, in the interview, she was, like visibly uncomfortable yeah. it felt like like it looked like she was like i'd have to watch it again but it it it, it seemed like she was on the verge of tears oh my god like she was literally <laughs> talking about how she's super uncomfortable by it because ge- generally speaking mm-hmm. she's an extremely like shy and introverted person um and because of this you know these string of like super popular netflix shows because she's in both of the haunting shows oh okay she's the, the twin in the first one gotcha. and then um the triplet in the second one i think uh <laughs> no she's a quintuplet in the uh did you ever watch the haunting of i watched the first episode and then i i just couldn't get into it yeah. and it, i even even from like the it's so bad, it's fun, kind of thing. I just couldn't get into it. So. Yeah, I think that show is oof, not not awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think it suffered. We're we're dressed as Marvel characters. We could talk about this a little bit. I yeah. think it. I think a lot of Netflix series suffer from the same thing that these, like Loki. I watched Loki. Yeah, like the conveyor belt. Yeah, it's just sort of like it. It's just interesting enough to get you to watch the next one, but at no point it's a. Uh, the, the best analogy I've heard for this kind of stuff is it's always Sunny has referred to. Um, like true crime stuff mm-hmm. and documentaries. He said, it's chips. It's like, you eat a whole bag. Sure, you're full, but you feel like shit, and you just want more chips at the end of it because, like, you're not satisfied. Right. And that's, like, kind of what those shows are, I sure. feel like. It's yeah, like, no, I think that's good. They string you along just the right amount. They give you just enough stuff where you're like, oh, okay. They, they make enough promises where you're like, well, this, the, 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 uh, the you know, the idea of this paying off later seems so interesting yeah. that I'll keep watching. Yeah. And then the payoff is never, ever good. Yeah, the uh, there's some I feel like networks and shows who have who have kind of mastered the formula. Yeah, like they it, they've done it better. And then there's some you can see who have tried to get away with it a little too much. Like The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. like uh, got to a point where, like, I saw <laughs> I read a I read an article and this was like years ago. And it was talking about, like, I'm finally walking away from The Walking Dead. And it was, okay. like, an article about, like, how downhill the show's gone. Yeah. And how, you know, like, the, it's just it, – it, and one of the things they said is that, like, it, it's gotten to the point where if you actually just want to see the plot progress, mm-hmm. you should literally watch 
the like the season premieres and the season finales and like that's it (laughs) and and that's exactly that's exactly how it got it's like everything was such filler yeah and just the 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 formula that they did was that they pumped the money into like the finale like the premieres and the finales Mm -hmm. to be like boom we're back you're hooked again and then, boom! We're gonna make you hungry yeah, for next you season. You better come back next yeah, year. Yeah, now you're gonna be be- now you're now, now oh, you'll never find for out. the next season. Yeah, and then they did like <laughs> 16 episode seasons, so they could do like eight and eight and do yeah. like mid season finale. So like a finale again. It's like it's like oh, how do we get? How do we you know just get a you know a couple different opportunities to you know hook the audience all over again, and then just have this filler slog like in Ugh. between those episodes. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's so uh, it's like uh, it, uh, it feels like a factory. It feels like factory produced television. They sh- you know, it's yeah, so it has no heart. Or you soul. know, what's especially stupid about The Walking Dead is they shoot that show on fucking film. For and real, you would never in a million <laughs> years know because it's that. so color corrected because and it's so and... like not visually interesting yeah. whatsoever. Like crush all the dark parts of the shot. Yeah, it's like Good literally gosh. like like spots just walking in the woods. Yeah. Like the, there's like there 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 is such a lack of creativity in terms of like cinematography. It's like it's such it's so factory produced at this point mm. that like the fact that they shoot it on film is just like why? Why would you yeah, do that? That doesn't like, make any sense. Who <laughs> thinks that there's any artistic integrity to this at all? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> my favorite episode of Walking Dead is the one where uh, the main characters, they're it's like they're feeling pretty settled where they're at, mm-hmm. but they just they realize they need something for survival. It's like the water's gonna run out or something, so they go to this place and they get what they need. And as they're leaving, it seems like everything's gonna be okay, mm-hmm. but then the walkers show up. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And the walkers are there. Mm-hmm. And then one of the characters that we like gets trapped mm-hmm. and doesn't get to go back with them. Mm-hmm. And then we're not sure for a few episodes if they're alive or not. That's my favorite episode. You're trying to describe <laughs> every episode of The Walking Dead. No, no, That's see, my you, favorite episode. Here's the show. thing. You're actually giving it too much credit <laughs> oh, no. in that description. The description w- should be my favorite episode of The Walking Dead is where we have a cast of 10 characters and then through some misfortune – or some tactful decision making, they split up into pairs of two. Yeah, and uh, and my favorite episode is the, uh, or my favorite episode is the one where one of those pairs of two is walking in the woods, and we get character development uh, spoon fed to us in, dialogue. in dialogue between those two characters without <laughs> action, any action or yeah. actual like development <laughs> happening whatsoever. Uh, we get uh, 45 minutes of words. Yeah. I don't know much about you, character. Yeah. What's your background? Well, back in the, you know, <laughs> I grew up this way and that, that, that. Blah, 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 blah. Loki did that too a lot. It Loki was just, did It was so much exposition that it was just like, can you just make shit happen? Yeah. Please. Ugh. Yeah, just too much talk. It, it, it's like uh, film is such a visual media mm-hmm. or TV or whatever. It's yeah. like, yeah, show us what's going on. Yeah. I don't have to hear it talked about the whole time. And you know what? Yeah. I'm sorry, but if someone is like, if if you show it in a way and people are too stupid to follow the story, then it's like, then they're not your audience. Like, that, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's <laughs> here's the one thing that I here's the one caveat for Marvel that I do do that I have to think about, and it's just like, okay, first of all, one, I don't know why 
you would like go super hard in the paint to defend Marvel as like a smart or interesting storytelling medium mm-hmm. when a humongous part of their target audience is fucking children. Yeah. So like first of all, like and it's not <laughs> wait, wait, wait. fucking not in that way though. Yeah. <laughs> Is their it, target is no, not is, fucking is ab- children. Is abusing children. <laughs> oh, uh, no, but if it's, you know, and, and it's not to That's say, a good point, it's yeah. a not to say that like children's content can't be smart because, you know, like some of my favorite shows are like, you know, quote children's shows. Mm-hmm. Like there's still plenty of smart humor that comes to that. But in the terms of like, like Marvel, it's like, you're really not going to have that nuanced of storytelling because at the end of the day, like they're gonna spell it out for, you know, their children audience, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I don't know. Well, but, I think another thing too is like that. I used to collect comics for a while. I got somewhat like pretty heavy into it, but yeah, like with comics, I remember there was an era where like when Stan Lee used to write comics, it's like his speech bubbles would be like big chunks of sh- just words, just tons of words, and, yeah. like, not a lot of space in the frames to, like, see things going on. It's just a lot of characters standing around talking kind of thing. Yeah. And then that started to progress more, whereas, like, the dialogue got smaller, and the, the it felt like there was more movement in the frames and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like that that's kind of where it stopped, and then it's like they've taken that same style of storytelling where it's like, we're still over-explaining the hell out of everything, but now there's movement at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't evolve to, like, I, I think they need to get away from thinking of the shows as like comics and get it more into like actual, you know, character development and things yeah. that like have to do with the visual and audio storytelling medium that is film and television. Yeah. Like the spoiler alert for the end of Loki. Um, um, yeah. The reveal of like King the Conqueror. I didn't give a shit. It was just like, well, it, <laughs> yeah, because it was just like, well, there's nothing built up. There's nothing yeah. interesting about this. The only people that give a shit are people who like, you know, are hardcore Marvel fans or have like, been spending time on Wikipedia about like why this makes sense. Yeah, like you as an like me like Joe Everyman as an audience member, there was no, there was no like build up to like a big reveal that was supposed to like be anyone that you cared about. Like you could you could have developed him and introduced him as who he is, mm-hmm. but they did none of that. And then the making up for it was them having him explain who he is. Right for the last twenty minutes of the episode, well, it, it's it's like a it, I, you talking about it just now. It, I feel like it's taking a tour at a museum. That's what Marvel I, shows are now. Yeah, it's somebody holding your hand, taking you to each exhibit, telling you why it's important and what's cool about it, exactly. and then ushering you to the very next one right away. Yeah, w- without any time to process what the hell happened with the other one. Yeah, and the only reason that you care is because they're telling you that you care about. Yeah, there's it. no instead of going. There's no oomph. There's no like, uh, the way I've I've, I've 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 explained it to people in terms of like how good I think, you know, or impactful a, like a show is, is like if an episode of a TV show is really good and it really like hits me, or, you know, it makes me feel like, makes me like, oh my God or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I am going to want to go watch that scene again yep, because I am interested in how that scene happened. Mm-hmm. And because it was just like holy shit, like it left me with goosebumps, yeah, it was or so whatever, impactful. or it made me cry, or it like was so, yeah, it like left an imp, it like an orgasm super hard, yeah, or I cried and shit my pants, but like <laughs> you know, out. and I and I and it's like there are some that does sometimes happen with like you know some of the some of the Marvel shows, but you know there was there's a lot of them where I'm just like, like again, most of Loki, I'm like, uh, yeah, I would well, never. 
the other thing for me specifically was like the, what I felt myself getting annoyed with is they'd be like, you know, I can't. I watched it a long time ago, and we're talking a lot about it, but <laughs> even though it's old, <laughs> but the the. The storytelling, why I don't like Hill House, I don't think you did it as much, but there's just a lot of stuff where they like, instead of planting a seed and letting that grow in your mind and mm -hmm. then coming back to it way later, yeah, it's like anytime they would start to do something like that where they're like, oh, well, this mysterious plot point, and you're like, oh, shit, what, I wonder what that is. And they're like, it's like it's like they paused in the sentence. They're like, this mysterious plot point is going to be explained to you right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, instead yeah. of like any yeah. sort of... Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no time to like digest what's yeah, happening. And yeah, they're just like this is what this means. By the way, okay, next thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, every time there's like an every time there's like an introduction of something, it's just like oh, there's not quite the payoff. Yeah, yeah. So whatever, stupid. Anyway, how did we get onto that? We uh, about, oh, we were talking about you, and then we talked about the actor saying what he said. Yeah, I can only imagine the the letters that she gets. I met like. Oof. I'm yeah. just imagining. I don't know the gender of the person because I feel like it could have different motive depending on genders or whatever but like just people be like you stupid bitch he loves you can't you see it like just like that kind of oh stuff God, you know ew. and then uh yeah both like i could see that from sort of like neck beardy guys or or you know some of the women that sonia blade was describing in her <laughs> a and e article that she's talking about i bet yeah i bet there's he like do anything for you you yeah idiot. yeah there's joe stan women yeah who are like you don't deserve him yeah like ew gross he's a real man and you don't even know it god can you imagine just your mind being so warped yeah that you just like ugh. those people are real <sighs> they're real they're really out there that that would be they're island boys that would be like and I, i'm sure they wouldn't love to talk about it but that would be one of my things that i think would be most interesting to talk to a celebrity about yeah Be like what's the sickest most twisted look into the abyss that you have experienced oh yeah with like fans and how sick and weird they fucking are Ugh. and oh god just like because i mean like that's why they have to have like security people like break into their houses and shit like yeah that, you know what i mean like that's insane like it, it, yeah, if, if you, I'm sorry, if you've ever broken into a celebrity's house, you need to be chemically cashed. Yeah, or you need help. Yeah, you need <laughs> like, help. I'm sorry, but like, yeah, you're, yeah, that's it. Like, that's like, uh, that's, that, that's the litmus test. When drones first were like becoming consumer available products, uh, that was like a big problem for a lot of celebrity folks. Is like people were flying drones over their houses and like trying to peek in their windows with drones and shit. That is insane. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, God. Yeah, because it's like, all all human urges start with you know an ur that just j exactly that like an urge like you understand like it's just curi you know it's curiosity yeah like you understand that but then just to like see or hear about like you know where it just does it, people just don't want to stop yeah they, they just they, they take don't it too far they take it too far uh what is it, it's um Chuck Palahniuk says it in Fight Club. He says it's like that little scratch on the roof of your mouth that would heal if you could just stop tonguing it. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what he's talking yeah. about. Yep. The book, not the movie. Yeah. I'm a well-read individual who loves yeah. literature and <laughs> novels. Yeah. Angsty college Angsty man. Angsty college man who Novel read that books. book a lot of times. <laughs> I read it many times. Uh, it informed a lot of who I am today. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm so well-read. Yeah. They wanted us to read Pride and Prejudice. Nah, that's not edgy enough. Fight Club. <laughs> that's where I want it. That's where I want to be. I've been, I, I'd been. i be interested in to revisit Fight Club, like the movie, because I mm -hmm. have not seen that movie in probably like 
Seriously, like 10 years. I watched it. It's I been a long time. think about a year ago, mm-hmm. and it was still entertaining, but mm-hmm. I know that I, I got this sensation while watching it. I'm like, I'm giving this leeway in certain parts because it is nostalgic and not because it's actually like good. Like, I don't think it holds up for sure really well to the test of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm most interested because of I think Fincher is great. Yeah. So I'm just kind of I'd be interested to go back and look at it through that lens and be like, well, you know, I think these, you know, X Fincher films are incredible. So, like, where does this stand well, up? And my anticipation is that it's going to be low on the list. Well, I assume Fincher had to read the book to direct the movie. And I also read the book. So he and I have a lot in common. Fincher. Mr. David, the director, Mr. David Fincher. Is this the bit where it's like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what this David is. Fincher? I'm, as, I'm as talented and smart as David Fincher. <laughs> you know, he read the book. He read the book, and, and I And so I did I. It. So, you know, yes. do da- I need to spell it out for you? David, if you're out there, uh, 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 contact at oversharingpod.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're out there, I'm, uh, I'm coming to your house this Dude, weekend. how fucking crazy, though, would it be? Right, we make we just did this joke, mm-hmm. and then next week there's an inbox, and it's like from David Fincher at gmail.com. and and we're like ha ha ha, very funny, very funny, right? But it, he gives a phone number, and we call, and it's really David Fincher. He's I love like, the I idea love of the it being David Fincher at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I got it early. Yeah. I got in there early before anybody else could get it. I got it. Yeah, he's like, and I, I, he's like, do, he's like, I own davidfincher.com. Yeah, I could be David at David, David Fincher. <laughs> But uh, I choose not to. Yeah, I like David Fincher at Gmail. I like uh, I, it keeps me more connected to the people. <laughs> it keeps me grounded. I love yeah. And then you know, it, or, or if that he is like actually, he's like super defensive about it. He's like, oh, you think you're smart as me, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. You think we're the same? Just because, yeah. He takes he takes it completely at face value. He's like, yeah. Well, I've read a lot. I've read a lot more books than yeah. just Fight Club, pal. <laughs> That'd be funny too. Then if he like challenged us, he's like, "Okay, well, he, here's a ten million dollar budget. Go make a movie." Yeah. Or like, <laughs> oh, let's let's see how good it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And I'll do mine in eight. Yeah. Go. <laughs> we start now. And we 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 we've we've talked our way into a a, a, a movie off <laughs> with David with Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think I I my pitch would be that we take the ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. And we do our best to talk to – at this point, I feel like we'd have a lot of clout because Fincher – our name's being associated with Fincher and being thrown around town now because everybody's hearing about the movie off. Right. So <laughs> every, It makes headlines. Everybody's hearing about the Local movie Local podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Call out David Fincher. Fincher responds. So my pitch would be that we take the $10 million uh-huh. and we just do a shot-for-shot shot remake of Fight Club and we get Brad Pitt <laughs> and Edward Norton to do it again. But we make just as best we can the exact same movie. Uh, no, no, no! I'll do you one better. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we d- we do it with we do it with we do it basically exactly what um um what was the first new Star Wars movie uh, Force Awakens? Yeah, we do we we pull a Force Awakens, but with Fight Club. Okay, so basically, <laughs> we literally almost do a plot per yeah. plot remake of A New Hope, like they did, except it's like. It's we do like a plot for plot remake of <laughs> Fight Club. I am John's complete lack of surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tyler <laughs> Burden. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then like Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are in it, but yeah. they're like you know old dogs. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> and they die or whatever, and it's symbolic of killing off the old Fight Club, yeah. and the new Fight Club. 
like Brad Pitt talks about Fight Club, yeah, or something like oh, he that. He like finally brings yeah, it he up. He finally brings oh it up, gosh. and like that's like the huge thing. And then yeah. So then at the end, right? Like this all happens. We make it. It's <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> I just remembered that it's actually difficult because they're not. They're not two different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, it would, things would get complicated in the fact that they're yeah. not. They're, they're, they're the still same. Out together. They're the same person, and people are interacting with both. Well, of the them. way we'd shoot it is we visit them in like a, a mental institution, and Edward Norton's like sitting behind the glass, and then behind him is Brad Pitt sitting in a chair also, and at some points they switch when they're talking. <laughs> And that's to let the audience know which one we're addressing at the time. I think it would be great if we wrote a sequel to Fight Club, except that we didn't connect that they were the same person. So we have them in in different scenes and different people. Be like, uh, how is this working? Yeah. Edward Norton gets a new apartment, and Brad Pitt helps him move the couch. He's like, can you get that side? Can you get that side over there? And they're like, yeah, let's both lift this couch. Just physically impossible things yeah. happening. Yeah, like one character is addressing them both individually <laughs> in the same room. It's just like, uh, you guys, did you watch the first yeah. movie? Yeah, we loved it. And, and I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah, I read the book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I read the book yeah. several times. Yeah, and I read the book too. Loved it. So also. we screen the movie. Yeah. The lights come up at the end after it's done. David Fincher's in the back with a cigar. Yeah, and it's, it's quiet for a second. Okay, it's so tense. You you could cut the tension in the room with a crayon. It's just so like taut and we're like oh my gosh like what what does he think what does he think and he sits there and then we just and he just starts doing the yeah. slow clap and he stands up yeah and he this gets like up the, the citizen cane yeah and he's like you boys have read the book <laughs> <laughs> you boys really have read the book we just like hold we yeah, just we, just, <laughs> we we take up both of our copies out of our <laughs> five pockets and like hold it up and then, like, the whole audience just, like, yeah, applaud. Yeah, the walls yeah. fall down, yeah. and we're in an auditorium, like, full of people. Like, it's a football we're field. We're the Staples Center. Oh, my God. Uh, the movie played on, like, the Jumbotron, and we're like, ah. <laughs> the ideas of the walls falling yeah. down. It's a stadium yeah. full of people. Our parents are on the field. They're, like, coming out, and everyone's just, like. walking up. Like, this is the biggest movie theater ever. <laughs> like, it. from the outside, like, going in yeah. before we know. Be like, this movie theater is fucking enormous. They just put a tarp this over is... Staples Center. Like, just, it's obviously a Staples It's just this AMC yeah. on a tarp, like, flapping in oh the wind. Oh, my gosh. This is a huge AMC. One theater in this whole place? That's it? That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. There's so many concession stands, though. <laughs> Oh, my God. And that's the podcast for the week. Thanks, folks. Everybody, we will see you next week. Um, Cheers. Bye-bye.